bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. Welcome, everyone. I'm Paul Dragoo. We're glad you can join us. Donald Trump's run of bad legal fortune continues. Yesterday, a three-judge panel ruled that he was not protected by presidential immunity in his D.C. election case. Also, American lawmakers are raising the alarm bells about the World Health Organization's subversive pandemic treaty. And in a few minutes, we're going to discuss what the American people can do about representatives who don't represent us. We have all that coming up. But first, here's Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene making a pretty good case for why the man in charge of the border, Alejandro Mayorkas, needs to be impeached. His willful refusal to secure the border has bankrupted communities, closed down U.S. schools that our children attend, drowned hospitals, and incapacitated law enforcement while empowering criminal cartels and illegal aliens. My Democrat colleagues argue that one cannot be impeached over policy differences. Well, I argue that breaking our laws is more than just policy differences. Unfortunately, MTG was not persuasive enough because just when you thought they had changed for good, the GOP reverted back into those old bad habits of being weak. Yesterday afternoon, the House GOP failed to impeach Mayorkas in yet another embarrassing debacle showing how incapable the grand old party is at anything other than talking a good game. They found yet another way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. In the end, four Republican representatives voted against the measure. They were Ken Buck of Colorado, Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin, Tom McClintock of California, and in a procedural vote change to ensure that the measure remains open for a possible second vote, Blake Moore of Utah. Now Gallagher, who happens to represent the district in which this organization is based, explained his decision in a Wall Street Journal op-ed. He said, quote, creating a new lower standard for impeachment, one without any clear limiting principle, wouldn't secure the border or hold President Biden accountable. It would only further pry open the Pandora's box of perpetual impeachment. Majority Whip Steve Scalise, who's going through cancer treatment, was not present for the vote. If he were, he would have been the deciding vote in favor of an impeachment. So just like with the censure of Adam Schiff, which took more than one vote to pass, the impeachment saga is likely to continue. Unsurprisingly, the Democrats voted unanimously against the measure. Since they're incapable of thinking in anything but partisan terms, they assumed that the GOP impeachment was just as cynically partisan as their two impeachments of Donald Trump. Most unfortunate in all of this is that the biggest losers are the American people, because that's who lacks a united, sane party to stand between us and the unified forces dedicated to destroying our country, our constitution, and our way of life. But don't worry. The GOP is assuring angry Americans that we'll give it another try. In a statement from House Speaker Mike Johnson's office, his deputy chief of communications said that House Republicans fully intend to bring articles of impeachment against Mayorkas back to the floor when they have the votes to pass it. On the bright side, the Invasion Authorization Act, as some have taken to accurately calling it, won't even make it out of the Senate, not in its current form anyway. A coalition of Senate Democrats and Republicans wasted four months putting that monstrosity together. But despite the lies coming out of the White House and its media stooges, it's not a border bill. It essentially codifies illegal immigration into law. It would allow thousands of migrants into the country every day, and it includes a pile of amnesty provisions. 
And that's just the border portion of it because the rest of it is money for foreign wars. So join me to discuss today's stories is Editor-in-Chief of the New American Magazine, Gary Benoit, and the CEO of the John Birch Society, Bill Hahn. Welcome, gentlemen. Well, Thank you. So that was kind of a shocker. I think it seems like uh, the headlines are saying stunner, shocker. We didn't expect, uh, I guess, the Republicans to fold. Um, really? <laughs> okay, go on, Ben. Maybe we're, maybe we're uh, or I'm just being a little too facetious, but... Um, we, we have seen this time and time again. Yeah, you know where there, there's there's folks that are that are pushing this fo you know forward uh, to do what they what they ought to be doing, and then there's usually a handful of folks that for whatever reason political theater yeah. uh, they're being pressured Pressure, otherwise whatever. yeah then then they they uh, they consider you know it's what we consider folding at that point right mm -hmm. uh, and and things don't get done yeah you know but it, it goes back to you know a much larger discussion of okay so. What really is the focus, you know, of Congress? What should it be doing? And there, you know, the impeachment is a tool for them to use. You know, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I think as I was quipping uh, before with with Gary here that, you know, Article One, Section One, I think it is, or Section Two, uh, Clause Five, it's listed right in there uh, that says here the House of Representatives shall choose their Speaker and other officers and shall have the sole power of impeachment. So. In other parts of the of the Constitution as well, I mean, it, it, it talks about how uh, judges are to be serving during times of good behavior. Well, and if they're not, if yeah. they, you know, then it's time for impeachment. And but yet, this has not been used on mm -hmm. a regular basis uh, in 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 a very very long time. Well, if anyone deserves to be impeached, it's. It's this guy. I, I understand. Uh, we're going to go to Gallagher here because he represents us. We all live in his district. And I left him a phone call, somewhat angry this morning, but I let him know my objections. I understand you two communicated with him. And the thing about it is, I guess we had thought that maybe the, the GOP had moved along. And there have been lots of signs. We've been talking about that. We have lots of, well, we have more firebrands than we do uh, than we have in the past. We have constitutionalists and whatnot. But the thing about it is, if you're going to vote with Democrats, then there's no point in you being there because they, the Democrats are already there. They're already protecting the administration, uh, including this lawless administration. So... What do we what do we do with people like that? I see no other ch ch uh, choice but to either, uh, I guess, reform them or be replaced. Right, Gary? Well, I, I agree. And regarding Gallagher specifically, I'm actually outside of his district just by a couple miles. Oh, okay. But uh, obviously, I've followed with interest uh, uh, what what Gallagher is doing, and uh, I, I think it's shameful. Yeah. What he has done, and uh, but but of course there are constitutional remedies now. Gallagher is arguing that the reason he did what he did was because what uh, Mayorkas did, in Gallagher's opinion, does not rise to the level of impeachment. But uh, that, that's ridiculous, because what, uh, what Mayorkas is doing is he's breaking the law. Yeah. And he's breaking the law that he is entrusted to enforce. It's his responsibility to secure his the position border. to secure the border and uh, it's not negligence. Uh, he purposely is not doing so. He purposely is orchestrating in his position yeah. this invasion, mm. uh, which is destroying the United States of America. Yeah. So if that does not rise to the level of impeachment, 
Yeah. What does? Well, I understand that being in Congress is kind of like being in, in, you know, in one of those fight cages. Like I hear it. No, I mean, we've had, dorm. yeah, we've had friends who've run for it. We've had friends who've, you've been at, in the state legislature and then others we've heard. And it's brutal here. It's, it's very hostile. And if you're a Republican, apparently it's even more hostile because you got even more pressure. And if you're even one of those hardliners, as they call it, then it gets even more hostile. So we need, if, if that's what's happening, if there was some sort of pressure, if he was afraid of, of whatever, and I'm sure that happens, it's probably not easy hearing from thousands of people, hundreds of people, you know, pounding at you. You probably don't belong there because it's a hard game. That's what I'm hearing. And secondly, if that's your excuse, we can point to others who are doing the right thing, who've obviously been able to sustain the pressure and, and the insults and whatever it takes and done the right things, because that's what we need. We need fighters. Absolutely. And, and, and look, look to see the, those that are doing that. Right. I mean, the first person I always go to when, when I see the, these votes is, is Thomas Massey. He has consistently received 100 percent on, on our uh, mm -hmm. you know, freedom index scores. And so, I, you know, I go there to see, OK, what did he do? Right. Well, he he voted, you know, in, in favor of this last night. So. Yeah, you know, he was managed to pull. I know yeah, lots absolutely. of others were. I absolutely. mean, this wasn't. We only. It was like three votes. So lots of others right. were able yep. to to sustain, to absorb the pressure, and do the right thing. Right. Officially four, but but in reality three, because uh, one of the congressmen had a good sense to change his vote uh, before the vote was finalized. Yeah. Uh, so that later on the vote could be brought up again. Yeah, yeah, that, and, we, and we mentioned that in the opening. So they're they're determined to bring it back, and it sounds like they will. And I, I don't have any reason to believe that they won't. And hopefully next time we'll get it right. Next up, Trump suffered another setback in his fight against the deep state. Self reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days. It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men, and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The New American Magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living, and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now, for a limited time, The New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, Self-Reliance, The Great Reset, and Trump World, for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer, available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today. The New American has just released our latest bookazine, a collection of articles on self-reliance. It's called Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. Without individual responsibility and without the ability to take care of ourselves without government help, we cannot be free. In this Polish Collector's Edition, we have articles on a number of important topics, including the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearm self-reliance, building a wood shack, and the importance of community, among many other topics. Now, the authors of the articles are experts in their fields. We encourage you to get a copy. You can order your copy at thenewamerican.com forward slash shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783. However you do it, make sure you get your copy of Self-Reliance, The Foundation of Freedom. Welcome back, folks. 
On Tuesday, a three-judge federal appeals panel ruled that Trump is not protected by presidential immunity in his D.C. election case. The ruling will prompt Trump's team to file an emergency appeal with the Supreme Court. This appeal would add a second Trump-related dispute onto the Supreme's plates. On Thursday, they're scheduled to hear arguments about whether Trump can be disqualified from the ballot under the 14th Amendment's Insurrection Clause. Trump was charged with four counts in August, accusing him of conspiring to overturn the 2020 election and goading his supporters into disrupting the January 6, 2021 Electoral College count by Congress. In response to yesterday's ruling, Trump said on his Truth Social account that without presidential immunity, the presidency will lose its power and prestige and under some leaders have no power at all. The presidency will be consumed by the other branches of government. That is not what our founders wanted. All right, gentlemen. So interestingly enough, we, we kind of looked through this earlier and there's nothing about presidential immunity in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights anyway. So, you know, as much as we love Trump, I'm not sure what the founders intended with that because it's not there. But I think one thing we can clearly talk about is that this is indeed a witch hunt. It's uh, and he didn't he hasn't even been convicted of causing an insurrection. Exactly. And of course, I would point to the fact that though Trump was impeached for allegedly causing an insurrection by the partisan House, mm -hmm. he was not convicted by the Senate. Yeah. And I think that's very important to, uh, to underscore because the Senate decided he was not guilty yeah. of, uh, of the supposed uh, insurrection. Yeah. Well, so does that mean that, in essence, technically he's, he's not... He's not guilty of insurrection, right? Right. If, if you can't get it through the whole, through, through all of Congress. And yet, and yet, I mean, for instance, the Supreme Court of Colorado, they took him off the ballot based on the fact that they say he committed insurrection. But he went through the due process, through the legal process, and he was found not guilty of that right. in a roundabout And of course, way. if it were to go into a regular court of law, uh, one would assume that there would be a jury of, of 12. And in such a case, it would not be based on a majority vote, would not be based on a two-thirds supermajority. All 12 would have to decide that yeah, he's it'd guilty. Yeah, it'd have to be unanimous, right. huh? Mm -hmm. yeah, but the system is being weaponized against him. Right. You know, so you've got these activist judges that are, that are pushing, you know, whatever tool they can mm -hmm. in order to, you know, stop Trump. I'll throw that in air quotes. Yeah. Uh, and the, that's, so you're seeing that happen. And of course, this is not going to be uh, the end of it. Um, but, but again, I, you know, I have to agree with, with Gary that, you know, he has not been, you know, convicted, um, you know, there's, there's not been a, you know, a sentence, you know, given, given down to him. So, you know, the, a, and as the constitution and bill of rights, you know, they they don't single people out. I mean, we are, you know, ruled by laws and not ruled by man, mm -hmm. right? There's a big difference between a republic and a democracy yeah. and, and other forms of government. So. We look at this, you know, is that, uh, you know, and, and I hate to hate to use the, the phrase, no one is above the law because, uh, you know, the other the other side, uh, yeah, the leftists tend to use that as a, as a, as a, as a cudgel. But yeah. And um, as usual, the opposite is true. Cause yeah, well, ex exactly. Yeah. But 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 the fact of the matter is, this is, you know, rule of law. And if he hasn't, you know, uh, committed the crime. Uh, been convicted of it, uh, you know, tried and so on and so forth, mm. then it shouldn't be used anywhere in the system. Yeah, I mean, these these attempts are so uh, blatant in how biased uh, they are. And they always help Trump out, it seems like. So this has got to well, be the most interesting 
I got to say, in a way, if you're into politics, this may be the most interesting time to be alive, maybe since the days of Andrew Jackson, when I heard <laughs> he was going to, you know, he was going to pummel John Quincy Adams during a meeting or whatever. It's like, it's like cause you, it's so blatant. It's so obvious. They've, they've, they've showed their cars. They show their true, true intentions. They will stop at nothing. But what I think more importantly, and maybe they're, the silver lining is this, is that people realize there is an invisible force, this regime force, because there's no other way you can explain how there's so many cases against him, yet no cases against uh, a, a seemingly criminal White House. You got, I mean, the most criminal thing that's happening right now, it's what's on the southern invasion, on, on the southern border, and we can't even get that guy impeached? It is incredible, is it not? But, uh, but, the good news, as you point out, Paul, is that people can see it. People are catching on. And I think that's why these usurpations or the the um, lawfare that's now being employed uh, against Trump, uh, I think that's why it's working in Trump's favor, because people do see it. And let's talk specifically about the alleged uh, insurrection. Uh, have you ever seen an insurrection like that? If you want to call it an insurrection in the history of a world, people show up without armaments, they don't have any guns. Exactly. Uh, how much, exactly uh, you right. know, how many people were, were killed? And, uh, you know, it's ludicrous on the face of it. And then you have uh, these talking heads in the media, as well as uh, 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 politicians, claiming that this is, uh, you know, the, the, the worst thing that has happened to the country yeah. since uh, Fort Sumter. Yeah. Uh, it is so ludicrous. In, in, in a country with so many guns, so many <laughs> gun owners, are you kidding me? Well, and, and that right? crowd specifically, like, that's the crowd that's got all the guns, most likely, a, a major percentage of it. But that, that's that's such a good point because Clay Higgins, as we know, and, and we had it in one of, oh, it's this issue right yes. here. Uh, we wrote an article about that, and they're going around, and they still want us to believe this facade, this lie, like there, there's an uh, insurrection. And, you know, if they keep turning it out long enough and over and over, they keep repeating it. They're hoping that it'll keep sticking and people will forget the fact that the evidence that's come out over the last year or whatever shows that, first of all, there was no insurrection. Secondly, what happened was likely coordinated by the intelligence agencies and the Demo high elements at the di uh, within the Democratic Party. So it's like there wasn't an insurrection, but there was something far, far more nefarious and concerning happened, and that is that our government turned against us. Exactly. And of course, you mentioned uh, a moment ago Clay Higgins, and he is a congressman from Louisiana, and uh, he also has a law enforcement background. And so he has been investigating January 6th, mm -hmm. and uh, based on his own conclusion, based on his investigation, uh, has concluded that there are at least 200 uh, FBI assets yeah. on the ground on January 6th, including inside the Capitol, yeah. to try to bring about what happened, and also to uh, serve as tour guides to get the uh, January 6th people where they wanted to get them yeah. uh, in order to later convict them of uh, uh, these crimes. And, and, of course, there was some real violence that people yeah. did, and those people should be punished to the full extent of the law, but but the typical January 6th -er is simply somebody who loves his, uh, his country, who was a patriotic American, and was set up by his own government. One of the communist tactics is to accuse your enemy of what you yourself are doing <laughs> yes. you know, behind closed doors, right? Mm -hmm. And exactly, so we talk about there was no insurrection. Actually, there was an insurrection, and it's called the deep state. You know, this, <laughs> this was done you know, long, long, long ago behind mm. closed doors. 
Uh, and now we've got you know a leviathan out there uh, yeah. of unconstitutional government that is continuous, continuing to, to, to grow outside of its constitutional limitations. And we see the, the effects of it, right? Yeah. Uh, there are people that are, that, that are getting snowballed. They're, they're, they're getting uh, you know, overrun by this, by this machine. And uh, it, it, is, it is time for the, for the American people to say, stop, and we need to get, put this genie or this, this uh, yeah, the genie back into the bottle, basically. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, people need to wake up, and because if, if everyone were to get on board, and I, I feel like I say this every episode because I, I truly believe it in every episode, what we need, if we all get on board and we see what's happening, we can get our, gov- our country and our government back without any violence, and that's the point here. Next up, we're gonna look at the latest sneaky plans by the globalists to turn us into their subjects. Hey America, how tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news? Their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed, put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American Magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, the New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com slash radio25. Hey, listeners and readers, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you think about the stories we report, the way we report them, and what you'd like to hear more and less of, and any other comments or questions related to the New American Daily. You can send your comments and questions to dailyshow at thenewamerican.com. That's dailyshow at thenewamerican.com. And during our Friday episodes, we'll read some of your comments. Again, send your questions to dailyshow at thenewamerican.com. On Monday, New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith hosted a press conference on the growing concerns over the WHO's pandemic treaty. The treaty is deceptively called the Pandemic Prevention Preparedness and Response Accord. In reality, the only thing it will prevent is your ability to make your own medical decisions. The conference also addressed the amendments to the international health regulations, which are being negotiated by member states of the WHO and will be voted on in May. The negotiations are held in secret, with no attention from the mainstream media, which also turned a blind eye to Congressman Smith's event. The lawmakers and experts who attended the event were concerned about quite a few things, the most crucial one being the destruction of the U.S. as a sovereign constitutional republic. Frank Gaffney of the Center for Security Policy cut right to the chase as far as what's on the line here. Listen. Another very important tell on what is going on here is that the Chinese Communist Party calls this agenda global governance. By that they mean an instrument that is going to create an arrangement that is absolutely antithetical to our sovereignty, to our constitutional republic, to our freedoms. Again, not by accident or because people hadn't thought about it, because that's the whole point of the exercise. I consider this, as my friend Reggie Littlejohn said, 
not simply to be the greatest threat to freedom in human history. This package of agreements, amendments, new text, treaty, whatever you want to call it, is the greatest single threat to the sovereignty of our constitutional republic in its history. Under the treaty, the Secretary General of the WHO would receive unilateral power to arbitrarily declare emergencies over anything and then dictate how to handle them. This isn't, by the way, folks, just about pandemics. This is about anything that Tedros Ghebreyesus, the Chinese communist proxy, who runs the World Health Organization, decides is a quote, public health emergency of international concern. Congressman Smith, who I admire tremendously, talked passionately about abortion being a public health emergency of international concern. Is transgenderism a public health emergency of international concern? Well, Tedros Ghebreyesus thinks so. Is climate change? Yes, he thinks so. And it was all about it at Davos, as you may have seen. And then there's another idea that I think most Americans would find, not all, not the Biden administration, but an awful lot of Americans would find abhorrent, and that is the idea that gun violence, as it's called, is a public health emergency of international concern, and Tedros Ghebreyesus will take it to the bank, come up with a directive if he is given the powers that this document or the two documents would afford him to confiscate the weapons held by private American citizens. Another concern they brought up was the sweeping surveillance and control that would be implemented through digital IDs. Listen. I submit to you that it's going to be done through vaccine passports, although they're not going to call them vaccine passports. They're going to call them digital IDs. And right now, the, the World Health Organization is in the process of rolling out international interoperable digital IDs and the pretext for this is oh we need to be able to monitor everybody in case of a pandemic we need to see if people are sick we need to see if people are vaccinated but these but if you look on the World Economic Forum website there's a chart about what you're going to have to have a digital ID to do which is access health care uh, travel have a bank account shop online pay your taxes vote Basically, these digital IDs, once installed, are going to control every aspect of everybody's life. And if you do things that are counter-narrative uh, to the WHO, like if you don't get vaccinated, don't get boosted, whatever, they can shut you off from your digital ID and you will be paralyzed. Together with the international health regulations, the pandemic treaty presents the greatest threat to freedom that the world has ever faced. All right, guys. So I think they get it. Uh, this thing is a massive threat. It is obviously flying under the radar. Now, Bill, you had some ideas about uh, you kind of want to push back because you don't see it necessarily as the greatest threat. Why? Well, from a, from a standpoint of, uh, I mean, I, I think that these folks pretty much hit it out of the park, you know, as far as their, their stance on, on these things. And we should obviously fight against uh, the uh, anything to do with uh, yeah. the United Nations and, and any of its affiliates, we including do. the WHO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and any directive coming from the WEF. Um, I would I would quibble a little a little bit, and and I don't know if that's actually worth the time. But 
to basically say that, uh, well, okay, it's not necessarily the, the international uh, treaty uh, or health, health regulations that are going to be the problem. Uh, it's, it's, it's the United Nations as itself. Can you imagine what would happen if tomorrow we decided to turn off the tap water of money flowing to the United Nations mm. um, and what would happen to all of its affiliates? Yeah. Number one, there would be no WHO. There would be, uh, you know, no, um, no um, UNESCO, no, no UNESCO, no, none of these uh, agenda 2030s, uh, 21s, none of, the, yeah. none of this stuff that, you know, that they're pushing with, with yeah. climate change. And look what happened when, uh, and I'm going to get the, 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 the wrong uh, United Nations um, affiliate, but look what happens when, when, the, when some of the employees of, the, of this UN affiliate decided to take part of the October 7th yeah. battle or mm -hmm. the, the, you know, with, the, um, with what happened in, in, Hamas, in Israel, they, right? Yeah, when they joined Hamas, yeah. So they had said that within 30 days, it sounded like they were going to close their doors because of the funding that was withheld. Well, if that's all it takes, then why do we not focus on the greatest threat to American sovereignty, and that is the United Nations itself as a whole? If only an Stop. organization would have pointed yes, out how yes. dangerous the United Stop Nations is. Stop monkeying around with, with the edges of these things. With yeah. Oh, well, you know, we should stop this treaty. We should stop that treaty. Absolutely, we should stop it. But you know what? We need to stop this at its root. Yeah. yeah. But I would so That's say, such a great yeah. point. Babe. But I would say, though, the biggest threat goes even beyond the United Nations itself because— how could the United Nations do what it's doing or specialized agencies do what they're doing? And how could they become a world government with the ability to force everybody in the world to participate if it weren't for the fact that the people uh, who comprise the invisible government, what some call the deep state, the invisible government of the United States, if they were not pushing this conspiracy? And, of course, Good I think they, you, that's your point, Absolutely. Bill, to uh, Absolutely. Uh, stop helping our enemies. Stop right. helping the U.N. Yeah. Let's get out of the U.N. Let's get out of the WHO. Let's, let's get out of uh, all these international institutions Absolutely. that are working to destroy the United States of America and its sovereignty mm -hmm. by bringing about uh, world government. And if we yes. did that, the United Nations would be nothing. Well, that might be closer than, than we think. I, I mean, I've heard before, I've heard people say, it's like, why are you guys still pushing this? By the way, in 1962, the John Birch Society launched our first action project, and that was Get Us Out of the U.N., and it's for exactly the reasons that we're seeing now. But when Trump was president, he got us out of UNESCO and he was eyeing the uh, getting us out of out of the U.N. And we know that the U.N. has low approval rating here in the United States. But I'm just saying, I, I guess I'm going to I'm, I'm feeling a little uh, optimistic today. So I'm saying it's like <laughs> we could be closer uh, to making this happen than we realize. Obviously, we do have to get Trump in there uh, and then. We have to pressure his administration. It is not going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm optimist today, but not that optimistic because this administration is a criminal administration and they're not going to pull us out of the UN. But so, we have to build it. We, yeah. We, right? I mean, we, we, we cannot stop to say, oh, well, we don't have the, the people or, or the enough, you know, yeah, enough yeah, members well in Congress, right? For now. Yeah, no, we have to build it. Yeah, we, we have to grow the, the, the education and, and the pressure by the time he gets in, it explodes in there. All right, thanks, guys. After this... Bill Hahn and I are going to discuss what you can do about legislators who aren't interested in voting the will of the people. The John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one-world government. United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. 
JVS founder Robert Welch said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Join us in restoring this great nation. For more news and in-depth analysis from the New American Magazine, the kind that you will not get anywhere else, make sure you have a subscription to our twice-monthly print edition of the magazine. No other magazine has been as accurate and for as long about where policy and culture were heading than the New American. You can subscribe online at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the magazine tab on top and then on the drop-down, hit the subscribe button. Or if you prefer, you can call for a subscription. Call 1-800-727-8783 Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Central Time. That's 800-727-8783. A few minutes ago, we talked about how Republicans failed to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, whose policies and lack of enforcement have caused a disaster on the southern border. Now we're going to talk about what constituents can do to create a Congress that's actually receptive to the people. All right, Bill. So this is this is what the JBS specializes in. And uh, I think we've taken credit to some degree, not all of it before, but a lot of these so-called hardliners that we see and a lot of the pressure for cons uh, for people, for uh, Congress to adhere to constitutional principles has been in part because of the pressure that we created and the tools we've created. So right. what say you here? We have a perfect example. Uh, we brought up Mike Gallagher. I don't know if you'll bring him up again. But uh, we have a perfect example where we need to get our, our legislators to adhere to the wishes of the people, right? To be receptive to that. Absolutely, yeah. So, so we talk about, and, and um, this, the whole education aspect of what we do here is based off of, a, off of a quote from Thomas Jefferson and the example of what the Founding Fathers did to help build the movement for independence. So he says here, I know no safe depository of the ultimate powers of the society, but the people themselves. And if we think them not enlightened enough to exercise their control with a wholesome discretion, the remedy is to inform their discretion mm. by education. This is the true corrective of abuses of constitutional power. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to follow, follow that up with another quote. This one is from Alexis de Tocqueville in 1831. Every citizen is taught the history of his country and the leading features of its constitution. It is extremely rare to find a man imperfectly or imperfectly acquainted with all these things, mm -hmm. and a person wholly ignorant of them is sort of a phenomenon. Yeah, that was okay. that was quite a while ago. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's there. Therein lies the rub, right? So that sh is the goal that we should be shooting for. Would you yeah. say it's the opposite today? It is the opposite today because, um, and and you know, we we've seen this. This show has discussed this time and time again. The New American, you know, uh, has has uh, bludgeoned this to death uh, and c continues to do so because we have to. The fact of the matter is, the public education from you know government uh, and leftist entities, uh, they basically stripped that civic education out of the schools. Yeah. They've intentionally dumbed down. The Absolutely, public. they have. So it is it is us. It is up to us as we the people and the John Birch Society to educate that electorate as Thomas Jefferson suggested, mm -hmm. okay? And we, we do this from a standpoint of, of organization. So we go out and we build the organization uh, with you know the local grassroots and we help, uh, we provide the tools, the, the educational tools. They get to know these things themselves, educate themselves in order to educate other people, right? And, and we do this uh, strategically. So it's not just, uh, the the average American on the street that we that we target, and there's it's not a bad idea to do so. However, uh, you we look for those folks that command a a larger influence. 
those that can help, um, you know, influence a larger network. Mm -hmm. So the opinion molders, the elected community officials, leaders. the community leaders, absolutely, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and some of these tools that, that help, uh, so we look at a benchmark, okay? So again, we were talking, you know, earlier about what, what really is the role of Congress. So Article 1, Section, right? Uh, section 7, uh, Section 8, they talk about the, um, the enumerated powers, Article 1, Section 8, uh, talk about the enumerated powers of the Constitution and what they are supposed to be legislating upon. When they legislate upon items outside of that, they need to be taken to task. Yeah. Okay? And if not, then the government, federal government, continues to grow and grow and grow outside of its, of its constitutional limitations. Yes. Because nature abhors a vacuum. It will fill that vacuum, that space up, Mm -hmm. Like that, yeah. Okay, and that's exactly what happens with the, uh, with with government itself. That is its nature. Yeah. What do you got there? So we have a we have a tool called the Congressional Scorecard, uh, based on the U.S. Constitution, and this is a scorecard of Mister, or I should say, Representative Mike Gallagher. Okay, represents the district of the of the building that we sit in. Mm -hmm. Right. So, his and this this is what's the um, score? This is this is based off of six votes. Okay. Um, and his score, according to uh, his vote, says here, this legislature voted constitutionally on 33% of the votes shown below. Is that really his okay. score? That no, is three. his score. His yeah. freedom score is 33%? No. Oh. So we have, we have an additional tool called the Freedom Index, okay, that is based off of 10 constitutional mm. or excuse me 10 votes mm -hmm. okay and and these these can be different votes so according to the freedom index his overall score right now uh, is about 60 percent okay now there is a big difference obviously between 60 and 33 there is now as the as the um, both of them are pretty dismal well right? absolutely but when we first put this out in like 19, what Gary, 70? 72 or something, 74, something like that. Early 70s. Yeah. Um, we had said that anything above a certain certain amount, like 60% and, and above, uh, is, is, is something that is workable. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can help by educating the electorate and by, by having that electorate pressure uh, the, the, uh, the um, a congressional member plus his or her aides you can actually get that score improved. Yeah. Okay. And so we've got some work to do as far as this this district goes. Now it comes to the point that okay, you know, as, as Gary alluded to, you know, before, that if this person does not want to improve, just continues to play political theater, and votes outside of the constitutional limitations found in Article One, Section Eight, well then. The uh, electorate has got a decision to be to to be made. Yeah, right. But the electorate has to know. And yes, I, I think that's one of and the. That's what we do here. Yeah, I mean, because we we talk about the Republicans and and we're not we're a nonpartisan organization, but we also have to recognize that uh, if there's any chance of getting constitutionalists, it is through the Republican Party. Yes. There is obviously no denying that. And let me clarify one point. So you made the comment, and Gary brought it up before off camera. Yeah, you have made the the uh, the uh, um, the comment that we have to get Trump in. Yeah. Well, I'm going to remind the 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 listeners and the viewers at this point that that is your opinion, right? As host of this show, sure. Not reflective of the John Birch Society or the New yeah. American at yeah. all. Yeah. So, and, and, and yeah. I want to qualify that because the reason I said that is having seen uh, you know Trump as president, and obviously seeing what the alternative is. 
It's simply a, a practical sentiment because we've seen Trump is willing to pull, he pulled us out of UNESCO, Paris uh, Climate Accords. So there, he seems to be the first one who has indicated that he's willing to break with these international uh, organizations. So that's what that was based on. Yeah. I, I, I fully believe he's the only, I mean, for the most part, as of now, who's running, the only chance we have as far as a president going through that. So that's where I came. But like you said, that's that's my opinion, not sure. necessarily the organization. Gary, you look like you want to jump in there or something. You haven't said anything. Well, I, I'm going to say, too, <laughs> that uh, our freedoms cannot be saved by one person. Yes. The Amen. most uh, important entity of the federal government, or the most important branch, is not the presidency, but the Congress. Mm -hmm. Because the Congress, uh, right in Article 1, yeah. Section 1, Clause 1, is the only branch of government that has the power to legislate. Yes. Right. And, that's of course, right. it's the president that's supposed to execute the law. So uh, we need to improve Congress. And in order to do that, we we got to think outside of traditional politics, outside of Republican versus Democrat. What we need to do is to inform the people and to get them involved and get them organized. Mm -hmm. And that will bring about a seat change so that somebody who takes unconstitutional uh, positions will find himself unelectable, or if he's already in office, will find himself not being able to uh, successfully run for re-election yeah. unless he changes. Yeah, now, Gary, before we run out of time, I just want to jump in and say that these scorecards are available free of charge uh, at, at thefreedomindex.org. Thefreedomindex.org. Okay? We'll, you can download these things for free, take them to a printer, print have them printed yeah. out, and all that stuff is yeah. there. We, went, we go through great lengths to make sure they're accessible to everyone because we this tool is so valuable. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of The New American TV. Remember to visit newamerican.com for more truth behind the news.